You're the head of the table, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're the tribal chief, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're a defending champion, right? Yeah. No, no. I love LA Knight so much. I didn't believe that I would actually, uh, well, I didn't believe that he would actually be this over. You know, I'm always very hesitant to think because it's like everybody wants to hear LA Knight talk. Nobody wants to see LA Knight wrestle. But I think they're doing a pretty good job when Roman Reigns came back. Yeah, I think he's also getting better in the ring. I think he realizes that he just has to be like a five moves of doom guy, which is totally fine. Just do that. Do it a thousand times. Become amazing at it. And you're going to fucking crush it, you know? And I love that he's like not like he's working his call and repeat style promo, which is ridiculously over into the segment properly. Like he's just nailing it. This promo with Roman was so fucking fun. Oh, it was fucking yeah. great. I honestly think that the him taking the time off this last month and a half was actually super beneficial for WWE because during that time you have so many people who were kind of like floating in that upper mid card being able to you know take the ball and run with it without Roman Reigns kind of anchoring it down or people saying that it's all the Roman show it's all about Roman nobody really fucking cares but the judgment day has been cooking for months now LA Knight is on top you, you know you have Jade Cargill showing up on every show Upper it's really Carter Seth Rollins is able to main event a pay-per-view <laughs> yeah even like a fucking Cody dude Cody this story that they're doing the bloodline when they said you know third inning blah 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 whatever I was a little skeptical at first, but now that you have all these pieces coming into place and now you have him and Jay floating over to SmackDown, that first time that you have them cross paths at the ramp, fucking sick. I love that. I've never, until I saw that, like I've never been happier that Cody didn't win the title, you know, for Cody's sake. Like forget about like the Roman stories that we got where I was like, oh yeah, I'm pretty happy that Roman kept the title. I never really bought the whole, oh, like, look at all these stories that Roman's doing. You didn't need the title for this. I was like, I always felt like it amplified it, like with Jey Uso and everything like that. Seeing Cody, like, have that face off and, you know, you see like, oh, I haven't finished the story yet. Has Is there more story to tell? It feels really fucking cool. And it makes me respect Cody so much because, you know, like, as a kid, right, learning from Dusty Rhodes. Or whatever, how he feels, like his brand of pro wrestling, Cody Rhodes' brand of pro wrestling. He's like, I want my first world title to be the title in pro wrestling that matters. And say what you want, but this man founded a company and decided that that title to him didn't matter. And he was going to, if he decided to stay with AEW, there probably would have been a point where he decided, I think AEW's title matters now, and I'm going to, you know, break the rules and go for it, right? But he decided early on in AEW to throw away his chances, quote-unquote, in storyline and kayfabe to be able to challenge for that title. And he wanted to focus on building up the company. But he decided, like, I don't want this title. Then he came to WWE, where he always wanted to fucking go, and he's like, I want that title. Everything has been about, in his little fucking head headcanon, in the Cody Rhodes child headcanon of becoming the world champion. He doesn't want 
the Raw world champion. He doesn't want Seth Rollins' fucking title. He wants to beat Roman Reigns, the other family head, the tribal chief for a thousand-day reign. And I fucking love that. He wants to beat The Rock on the way. He wants to beat CM Punk on the way. He wants to go for the man with the seeds on his neck. And that is the coolest fucking thing. He'll fucking build up and take down companies to do it. That is the story. What Elias just got himself disqualified? I mean, you didn't say anything about Jason Jordan outside running all around using illegal tactics. You didn't say anything. Welcome back to the Illegal Tactics Podcast. Another episode in the works right here. What's up, Kev? How was your week that was outside of pro wrestling? Dude, it's fucking sick. I got a tattoo on my chest. <laughs> Dude, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So can you tell me the story behind that? See this shit, bro? Um the so story bad, is, you know, ain't so bad, baby. Uh me and the valet just had our one year anniversary. It's Shout a beautiful out. thing. Congratulations. Shout out. Shout out. Um in between our first and second date, she made me a piece of art. She's a, a beautiful, amazing, super talented collage artist. She made me this fucking fire-ass piece. Wow. So goddamn sick. Just made it. And it says, Ain't So Bad Baby on it. And it has some little special meaning to us. But that line is just so fucking cool. She, When she makes art, she just gets, you know, random cool-ass words beamed into her head. So I was like, why don't you beam that shit onto my fucking <laughs> sternum? And she onto was like belly. that. Yeah, because she's a, she's a bit of a, a scratcher, a little illegal tattoo artist. Shit came out clean as hell. She also put her initials on my foot. Got the dogs out here, you know? <laughs> Whoa, CCS? Yeah. Whoa. Big skateboarding fan over here. Yeah. Also, Christopher Carmine Silvestro. <laughs> yeah. Shout out, you know? <laughs> shout out to the valet, shout out to the skateboarding company, and shout out to the homie Chris. <laughs> a lot of CCSs. A... Well, yes, again, congratulations. I love the the two of you guys so much. So Aww, really, really you, cool buddy. stuff. I'm glad you, had, you had a great week. Um, but yeah, yeah dude. it's Excellent been been week. a crazy week of pro wrestling. Again, a lot of shit that happened, even without watching Rampage and Collision. There's so many fucking things that happened. What are those? Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I want to talk about just like, you know, the Tuesday Night War seems like so long ago already, even though it was this past week. There's feels like that so much has happened. The season premiere of Friday Night Smackdown. Uh, it's so good, dude. It's also the one thing that I love that I feel like that this might be on purpose is that do you notice there's so many crowd shots? on smackdown of just how packed to the rafters everybody oh, is oh my god you think it breaks my doing heart, it dude. <laughs> to, to nag AEW? i think so it's you know all these screenshots of the tarps it's mm-hmm. it's I, I i don't wish any ill will on tony khan or aew or the wrestlers over there but man this man's got a focus on his fucking product and booking and telling good stories instead of constantly tweeting and taking shots at wwe what are your thoughts i couldn't agree more if he wants to take those tweets and turn it into a heel character on screen and see if that works for two or three weeks 
you know, then fucking go for it. Get out there and become like the ratings man, Tony Khan, who just comes out and fucking takes wicked shots at like his own his own like people that have to fight against him. That I could see. He's like, Max, you're tank you're tanking the ratings. Make it his fault. Something I don't know. Do something do something creative with it. But there's nothing creative about just um, you know, going on Twitter and who are you who who are these tweets for? The only people that get off to it are the people that tune in on Tuesday to watch your show. You know, the people that aren't going to miss your show for anything. You're not doing anything but, uh, you know, gratifying yourself. So, you know, be a businessman, not a spoiled little rich kid. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many different things that we've also talked about in the group chat, like off the off the podcast about like what Tony Khan could do to make this show matter and like i said i don't watch collision i'm hoping that for some reason there'll be a reason to but just watching that one clip of of uh brian and edge sorry adam copeland you know doing the promo battle with ricky starks and again it's just all wwe references like these this man just can't stay away it's just like it almost puts like a bad taste in my mouth where it's like you can't do anything else but take digs at quote unquote their former employer or the 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 boys up north the fed it's fucking ridiculous you know well when you can't write storylines you have to you know dig into a barrel of where they had storylines how bad however bad they might have been you know so that's all they have that's what they have in terms of storylines is just either you know breaking the fourth wall and being meta or referencing storylines from somewhere else just like just do a storyline you know, not, you know, say what you will about what Max and Juice are doing. It's a storyline. The most <laughs> controversial thing in pro wrestling of the year. Easy. <laughs> but it's certainly a storyline. Yeah. And I, I also feel bad for, you know, Adam Copeland. I don't think this is exactly what he expected to the uphill battle that he would have to face in terms of. Yeah, like carrying that weight of CM Punk and carrying collision and trying to push ticket sales that it's 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 bad. I mean, it's really fucking bad. It's not a good look at all, I feel like. I imagine he had to know somewhat what he was getting into. It's not like he was had the blinders on, like nobody was telling him what it was like there. He's friends with a bunch of people there. He's friends with FTR. He's friends with Christian. He knew what he was getting into. He probably thought he could handle it. You know, he thinks he's the man, brother. Come yeah. on, he can do this. This is, this is Edge we're talking about, man. If anybody could do it, it's Edge, right? Uh, I'm not so confident, but me you know, neither. <laughs> you had um, like yeah, we we were talking about like what Tony Khan could do to actually bring more eyes to Collision. Sign Batista. I, <laughs> but that's the thing, you know. You can sign as many people as you want if you're not going to do anything with them. I mean, like. You could literally go down the the roster of AEW of all the people who have such tremendous upside that are not getting TV time. And instead you're getting, you know, the fucking uh, who's like, you know, CMLL, like he's making more big deal about Mystico wrestling on Rampage when he should be, I don't know, putting Miro on TV or Dude, Malachi the Rampage Black Rampage card was the most skippable card I've ever they, when they promoted the Rampage card. I was like, what is all of this? Um, what I think they should do is not worry about who, you know, who's getting TV time. And so far as like, just pick 20 people, 25 people, 30 people, 10 people, and just hard focus them. 
Yeah, or like you said, like legit do a hard split of the roster. Hard brand split. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's what they were doing when Punk was there and it was working, but you need some exclusive talent on Collision that'll get people to watch it. You know who you should put on Collision exclusively if you want people to show up there? Put fucking Kenny Omega there. It's not showing up to work on Wednesdays anyway. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. You know, the whole thing about Tarp Tuesday, Title Tuesday for Dynamite last week, it's like, you know, Tony Khan was just focused too much on how much WWE was stacking their show instead of stacking his. You know, like you said, there was no Elite, there was no Kenny Omega, there wasn't any cool shit. But also, you know, that's kind of the thing that I learned watching both of them was that uh, they were both basically the same exact show. There was nothing necessarily special or like game changing about either show um you know dynamite was just it just felt like a normal dynamite and nxt for the most part felt like a normal nxt with the with the help of these people the old timers the veterans just being there to kind of be uh just like a tool to put these young guys over you know yeah just to get ratings that's all but the thing the crazy thing about nxt was that this marks for the first time in history uh a big landmark which is that for the first time the undertaker and john cena <laughs> both appeared on wwe programming that had lower than 1 million viewers and ratings what are your thoughts on this this is uh, really <laughs> devastatingly bad, according to Tony Khan. Yeah, and I, I think it's like what everybody has said was like he's he's. Why are you tweeting about this instead of putting over your product, putting over the the banger matches and the cool shit that they did, um, and in their own company? But I mean, I mean, you know, I wanted to talk about SmackDown first, but I guess we'll just do this. I'll start <laughs> by saying, uh, which show did you watch first? NXT or AEW? watched NXT. I think that if I was watching live, you know, if I really was, because I watched like a little bit later, if I really was watching live and I switched back and forth and I saw that it was Swerve versus Brian, I may have went with Dynamite. But I went in after. I didn't see any spoilers for either. And I decided, I was like, I want to see, you know, all these fucking, what, what they're going to do with all these guys on NXT. And I was pleasantly surprised to see it open with cody i was like this is fucking sick and then all the announcements i was like we're getting la knight we're getting john cena you know we're getting everybody it was sick yeah and um you know i i want to say that you know in terms of like wrestling quality and wrestling matches like the work rate AEW on title tuesday was way better i was way more into like swerve and brian and some of the other matchups they had um work rate wise on dynamite because you know nxt i was like okay they're still green as fuck you know like you could still see some of the the little the little nuances that they're not so um you know known for is just like being able to put on like a five-star banger on a random tuesday but we can just talk about some other stuff that happened on nxt i mean you know cody rhodes opened the show and you know he did his trademark crying to the camera to make sure that people didn't change the channel to which to watch uh you know swerve and brian um but yeah you know he puts over everything over in nxt and brings up his big announcement was he's tony conning it up on nxt there's so many tournaments that are happening we have you know the breakout tournaments which is really cool i'm excited for those just to see some new faces and see what they can kind of do with them um they're bringing back 
the t- the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Perfect. Perfect reason. That's pretty much what I thought was going to happen with Cody. Um, and having him be like kind of like the general manager and just interacting with people. Again, it's just like the, the continuity between all three brands now is really, really cool to see. Because Triple H, for the longest time back in the day when Vince McMahon was at the helm, was saying, you know, this is a third brand. You know, it's just as important, blah, blah, blah. And that that could have been true or not. But, you know, it kind of didn't feel that way. They didn't book it that way. They didn't present it that way. But now that he's in total control and his boy Shawn Michaels is there, it's really, really cool to see, again, so many people that that you would think would be stuck in limbo are now actually making their transitions to the main roster. Does NXT have a general manager? Does Shawn Michaels act as the general manager when it's not Cody? He pops up every now and then when he needs to, if there's like a big feud that needs like an authority figure. But yeah, there's mm-hmm. not actually like an on-screen uh, authority figure over there. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, any of the, what were some of the things, I don't know if you wrote any notes down from NXT that actually, that you liked. The main thing for me is just, I really like the storytelling in this episode of NXT. I loved like the Trick Williams and John Cena thing. But the main thing for me is that, you know, I haven't been particularly impressed with Braun Breaker during his whole career. I've been like, he's fun to watch. It's cool. I like that people bark at him. Um, These last two episodes, I've been like, this guy is a fucking star. He's so competent. He's so good. He, He just fucking rules. He does not look out of place, you know, taking shots at John Cena or The Undertaker on the mic against them. I, I fucking can't believe it. It's wild to me. Wild. I loved it. Yeah, the future of Braun Breaker just from this last like two weeks of NXT, because I, I agree, you know, I've been watching NXT pretty regularly and Braun Breaker's kind of not really been doing much. You know, he was feuding with Baron Corbin and Von Wagner like after losing the title. Like, nobody really cared, but this was really cool to see him last week kind of showing his range with Carmelo and doing his whole thing with Cena. Because, again, like you said, like, that's a match I want to fucking see so bad is Braun Breaker versus John Cena before John wraps it up, you know, uh, the end of his career. Um, Really, really cool stuff. Really, really solid main event. Loved Undertaker coming out. Um just to kind of like during the overrun to make sure that people didn't switch off back over to AEW. Um, so funny. Also, it's, I don't I know love if, how petty it is. Awesome. Me too. And that that's the good part where it's like I, I wish that one of the announcements was like we're moving NXT back to Wednesday night, and then that would really fucking. Crush I, I think them. Dynamite should move to Mondays or to Fridays. It should do something. They should have uh, combative programming. I think it was better for Dynamite when they had to go up against somebody where they actually did feel like the underdog. They're still very clearly the underdog, but it's just like, all right, you have Wednesdays, you have it all to yourself, and what do you do with it, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I think Undertaker and MJF both had like one of the same lines that episode on Tuesday. So I don't know if somebody in the back of NXT had Dynamite on and wanted to be petty. It was like that line where he was just like, something, something, you might be badass, but today's not that day, you know? MJF said the same thing to, uh, I think, Jay White in the Bullet Club mm. Gold. The same thing that Undertaker said to Brock Breaker. Um, Interesting. But yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, nothing crazy happened on NXT other than, you know, Cena interacting with everybody, Cody interacting with everybody. Um jade cargill showing up 
which was really cool. Um, but I, I, oh, I sent this in the group chat. Your thoughts on the debut promo of Brian Pillman Jr. Lexus now. King? Yeah, known as Lexus King. Dude, I fuck heavy with Lexus King. I can't wait to see this guy debut. I think his promo style is great. I think his origin story for his name is great. He's like, yeah, fuck this dude who didn't raise me, who wasn't around. I don't want his fucking name. Why would I be Brian Pillman Jr.? Fuck that name, Brian Pillman Jr. Fucking beyond a deadbeat dad, just a dead dad. Fuck this guy. You didn't do shit. Lexus for my dead sister. King for my mom who raised me. Go fuck yourself. All you stupid fans idolizing him. He didn't do shit for me. I'm riding with Dirty Dom. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just said my dad died when I was four. Like, I don't fucking know this guy. I don't so... know this guy. fucking stranger. Who the fuck do you know from when you were four? Come on, get out of here. Also, like, am I crazy? But, like, he looks, like, wildly different than Brian Pillman Jr. on AEW. And maybe it's just, like, slightly different hair, because before, you know, he was rocking the, the old-school mullet, and now he's just, like, he looks kind of like Young Gravy, you know who that is? <laughs> he yeah, looks yeah. looks exactly like him now. Yeah, he does like, look a lot like Young Gravy. I think that is just, like, the hair change, which still got the same, the same face. Yeah, he doesn't have that crazy mullet anymore. Yeah. For whatever reason. Oh, that, dude, that fucking tiger shirt is so flame. I love so it. excited for Lexus King. I want to see, you know, that's that's like the thing now. It's like, what is NXT going to do? Because all those amazing memes of Dominic kicking, you know, Adam Copeland in the balls of just the ratings every week for uh, NXT and AEW. It's really funny to see, but I'm excited to see what they're going to do. I don't know if people are going to stick around week after week, but if they start pulling out really cool stories and uh, you know, developing the ones that were able to be highlighted, like Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breaker, even like Ilya. I mean, you know, Ilya was really cool, and I don't know if it's because he shaved his mustache. He just looks like a little boy again. But dude, I wish you saw like Ilya versus Carmelo one because when he had this like evil mustachio gimmick going, and he was he just felt more intense, and it was really cool. But all right. You want to keep talking WWE or you want to talk about some... Nah, let's uh, jump over to AEW. I thought I Tuesday. AEW was still a good show. You know, there was a lot of, of, of crazy cool things on it. Um, but one thing I want to talk about, which blends blends the two of them, do you think, because I'm dead set on it, do you think Wardlow is going to WWE? Fuck I no. he is. Fuck no, dude. This dude, like I said, he's basically like a brawn breaker and i don't know if it's just because of the singlet and just like the power moves but it's just like wardlow sucks fucking no i do not want to see him in wwe i don't think that he i mean if he does go to wwe i don't want to see him do the same shit he's doing in aew for the last four years which is just what power bomb jobbers and then just leave who cares about that in my opinion you know I totally get yeah, um, but I think he's gonna go to WWE. I think NXT could do some great stuff with him. It might be really fun, you know. And so no, you he think has not that... done anything compelling in AEW, but also, you know, he might not be a creative. That's the thing with wrestlers is that a lot of them are just like they're wrestlers and they're there and they're great, but they don't know the story to tell. How many wrestlers can come up with the the creativity, the story behind it, besides like MJF, you know, and CM Punk. You know, that's like the very few who actually know what creative story that they want to tell. 
No, yeah, that's a really good point where it's like, you know, you have the freedom over an AEW to kind of do your own thing. But yeah, some people just would do a lot better with a vision and some direction and some writers. And then they can, you know, input obviously on top of that. But it's like, Wardlow doesn't know what fucking story to tell. You know, he was just following Max's moves. Max is like, I'm going to do all this and this and this. And that's where you do this and this. And he's like, yeah. And then it turned into a fucking great story. And since then, he's been like, I don't know. And then he got his hair shaved. He's like, oh, let's make that about my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to see him in WWE. (laughs) Fuck no, dude. Uh, But yeah, AEW, I don't know. Um, One thing that I wanted to talk about is, you know, it opened up with Christian Cage. I really love that. Um, Probably the most charismatic person in the company. Um, Even though Adam Copeland feels ice cold feels like Christian is the best thing whenever I turn on that TV. Um, I wish I could clip that. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I know I've been shitting on Christian, and I'm like, blah, 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 whatever. But so fucking It's fucking wrestling. I'm flip-flopping. I'm a flip-flopper sometimes. You know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's shit, you know? Just be like that. Um, (sighs) But yeah, you know, we had the, the opening match being Brian Swerve. Amazing match. Fantastic match. I love seeing these guys work. I love swerve still just being able to keep that momentum for the last couple weeks and you know you said it last week it it makes all the sense in the world because brian's got a dead dad for him to wrestle christian cage um which i didn't even watch did you do you know what happened on collision no i didn't i didn't watch collision at all all right well we'll we'll look at that later but i did love the i love the the storytelling of hangman and swerve throughout the entire show you know they had that pay-per-view match um, and it would be very easy and almost like predictable for Tony Khan to just like move on and just, you know, okay, we got a cool pay-per-view. Let's go keep him off TV for the next couple of weeks until I figure out the next thing to do. But it's keep, it's, it's going. I mean, there's some, there's some bright spots on dynamite for sure. Like a lot of character work, a lot of gimmicks, a lot of things that are kind of moving forward with, you know, Samoa Joe, timeless Tony storm, which, you know, speaking of Samoa Joe, I think that. I almost wish that after CM Punk allegedly, you know, started fighting people backstage at Wembley, I wish he called that audible to put that, you know, real world's champion, that X title on Samoa Joe. Cause then even that, that was cool. Having two world champions, even though it was kind of the same, but then you had that overarching story of like, eventually these two titles are going to have to, you know, go head to head to find an undisputed one. And I think Samoa Joe would have been the perfect person to hold it down and, and be an exclusive person on collision. I, I loved having two world titles. I miss having two world titles. It's, it's sad that it's just sitting in CM Punk's refrigerator until he throws it <laughs> in the garbage can at survivor series. But that's just, that's just the way it is sometimes, you know, I don't believe the rumors by the way. That Punk is not showing up in WWE, that WWE is denying it. WWE is a bunch of fucking liars. If I know anything about WWE, a bunch of bald assholes work there, you know? <laughs> Dude, Tony Khan was wild on Twitter. I can't believe he tweeted that. And I love that it's just nobody from WWE is responding to him, which is like such, obviously, number one, the professional move 
is to not get fucking messy and don't get, you know, you're a publicly yeah. traded company and it shows your professionalism over the other side. When this guy laughing at him, <laughs> the, the DMS are the ones that got me the most. And I don't know if those are doctored, if those are fake, but for some, something tells me that they're not. Is that, what were the DMS? It's just, you know, when somebody's shitting on Tony Khan, then instead of, I guess on Instagram or something, he, mm-hmm. it was the screenshot of him replying to like messaging them in the dms like a maniac dude billionaire by the way you know no it was so crazy because it's like all of these like you know losers who just are on the internet non-stop and who are like man like i'll never i hate you tony khan and fuck dynamite and he's like fuck you this is why i do it this is why i try to be the best show it's like buddy these are people who just live on the internet. These are like crazy, weird autists who just like only watch WWE and hate AEW and will never change. This is why you do it for the people who who will never leave their house. Yeah, the Get trolling marks. Get a grip. Just trolls. They're trolling him, and he's yeah. getting worked a thousand percent. You're getting worked by these people. God damn, man. Well, anyway. Moving Millionaire. on, we had uh, Chris Jericho losing to Pup 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 Powerhouse Hobbs. You know, I thought cool. he wasn't part of the Don Cows family, but I guess he is now. Um, I mean, he got fucking dominated, dude. Very interesting to see Jericho go out like that. You know, I know. Um, it's good to see. I like that the Don Cows family is growing. I like that all this shit is happening. I love that Powerhouse is going to have a faction to be in so that he'll have some time and some more screen time. Fuck it. Yeah. Let's do it. Comes out as an ethereal hump. And we got that cool, um, you know, Danny Garcia thing in the back. That's at least something. Again, we love Danny Garcia here. Everybody knows how over he is. We know he can fucking wrestle his ass off, and he's got charisma up the wazoo. So I really don't think we needed the, the daddy magic thing. He was like so <laughs> mad. I'd be like, like if that was like a real life thing, I'd be like, dude, that was like four weeks ago. You're gonna come scream. You're gonna. Go- I'd be like, you're screaming in my face. Just slap that dude in the head. Yeah. Do not scream at me for talking to somebody I know. I'm an adult. <laughs> but you know, you psychopath. You know, this was a. Uh, you know, after that, this is I think the third match on the card. The first title match from Title Tuesday was, you know, Mox not medically cleared to compete for Phoenix for the title in the rematch. And then you get Orange Cassidy, who didn't get his rematch against Mox. Very easy storytelling, very believable. But he wins with a roll-up. You know, the crowd goes kind of mild. And, you know, the best friends come out there. It's a little, you know, at first I didn't really care for this match. And then I saw somebody make an edit of orange cassidy's offense throughout the entire match and it did look like it was more aggressive it's it's more like a very subtle storytelling thing you know because you know he's very chill he's very calm he's very collected very cool cool guy and he was just busting out a bunch of moves to actually try and hurt phoenix which was pretty cool i would love to see you know a orange cassidy heel turn i feel like that could be something that could draw people that you know because again everybody loves orange cassidy and people will support him no matter what but let's give him something new for us to sink our teeth into i agree something new i don't think he should have went for the international title his story with the international title and we'll get to this with the women's title as well 
is with somebody else. It's not with Ray Phoenix. This is the problem with refusing to pivot is that there's no fucking juice in this match. His story is with John Moxley. I'd rather a John Moxley non-title match whenever John Moxley is healed. Orange Cassidy should have had a number one contenders match with Swerve Strickland. And neither of them should be going for mid-card titles. That's beneath both of them at this point. The point of them losing these mid-card champions was so that they could go on for bigger and better things. I thought that this was pointless. This was a step backward, a refusal to pivot, and just treading water. Yeah, I think what they should have done, to be honest, if we already knew that Phoenix was going to be a transitional champion because Moxley got concussed during their title match, I feel like they should have just made that audible. If you're going to drop it to somebody, you drop it to fucking Swerve. You know, I feel like playing the hot potato with the with the international title now, if Swerve gets it, it almost feels a little too meh. But I feel like with the momentum that was going on, then you could have just thrown it on him. And then that the the feud with Hangman could be for the international title. And that could have been something since MJF has been tied up with the Triple B stuff. But Yeah, I, I even think that's too below Swerve. I think Swerve should be going for the Triple B only. I think he will. Title-wise. You know? I, I mean, the international is, is beneath him. Put him in main event level caliber feuds with baby faces like Brian, you know, like Edge, until he can go for the triple B. Yeah, he should, be the, next, he should be the next champion. I was going to say, like, after Jay White, whatever happens, win, lose, or draw at full gear, I feel like Swerve should be the next in line because you strike while the iron is hot, you know, like mm-hmm. the Nana is fucking over, dude. Like before people start getting bored of him just floating in the mid card with this mm-hmm. over song and over yeah. dance, like fucking put him in the main event. Yeah. Like now is not the time to be going back. Is the women's match next? Cause it's the same thing there. I mean, we'll talk about that right now. You had, you know, Soraya versus Hikaru Shida. This is, Maybe this, I mean, Soraya has been off of TV for the last month. You know, she won it at Wembley. She had a match that Dynamite or maybe the one after for Tony Storm and then has just been off of TV. I mean, I'm pretty sure she wasn't on Rampage or Collision. I don't watch them, but I'm pretty sure she was off of them. And then now you just have, uh, you know, I don't know if this was just because they wanted to pop a rating because they wanted to keep people around. But, you know, Hikaru Shida's third time women's champion no story i mean there was something there was very very minimal stuff like they were like she won a match three weeks ago and that's why she's you know every time she becomes number one contender every time she becomes champion it is without any story it feels like she just gets inserted and wins and it's for a hard reset that I understand. I don't know why this needed a hard reset. It did not feel like the women's division needed a hard reset. I don't. I just don't understand what the point is. There is somebody who is cooking like crazy with a new character that's dummy over, that lost their title to Soraya, that has beef with Soraya, named Tony Storm, and I don't know why the story isn't to have Tony Storm beat Soraya, the person in her faction that betrayed her. Yeah. What are we doing? Would have made way more sense. What are we doing? (laughs) Yeah. If you're going to have her drop the title for whatever, for no reason, you might as well continue the story you did four weeks ago. Where's the fucking juice in any of these storylines? It's just like, oh, well, I had this plan. So I guess we'll go with the less uh, juicy, uh, uh, 
you know, storyline or segment or match because like I had this plan previously and I don't want to change it because I can't pivot. Speaking of juice, you want to talk about Juice Robinson, Bullet Club Gold versus MJF? You know, we had Jay White stealing the Triple B the other week. And, uh, you know, I was kind of, I said it last week how I was like, fucking MJF can, I wish he would do something different. You know, I wish he would change up his promo style a little bit. But I think, you know, aside from that, you know, quarters thing at the end, before that, I really loved MJF's promo. It was different. It was more passion. Like, I really cared about it a little bit more. Um, But yeah. I'm loving the whole feud. Me too. And like, you know, this is another nitpick point. You know, I think Scott on Russell Rose said, like, should have put the fucking tag titles on Bullet Club Gold instead of Ricky Starks. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think they had to do it immediately because of FTR, but it really should be on Bullet Club Gold anyway. I'm always saying this, that that the the ass boy should have all the gold. Yeah. They should be world champions, regardless. Regardless. Um, I thought the segment was great, you know. I mean, dude, so fucking controversial. Um, you know, I'm I'm with MJF on this. MJF is one of the few pro wrestlers that considers wrestling an art form, you know? I don't think many wrestlers do. I don't think many fans do. You know, it's all it's all very it's considered very lowbrow. Uh, I think Kaz was talking about it, that if you saw one of your favorite shows like Succession or something, you know, take something crazy, something really devastating, something really sad that's happening in the world right now and try to talk about it. Any any type of like really highbrow show, try to talk about it in an artistic way, you'd give them the benefit of the doubt and try to see how they use their art to discuss this, you know, powerful controversial tragic topic i want and like you know the problem with wrestling is that it's small segments every week you can only get so far if i'm gonna trust anybody to handle this it's going to be mjf and at the very least i know that mjf is not being bullied by somebody into doing this there's no non-jewish person being like you need to fucking do this segment because you're our token jew you know that's not fucking happening he's like Coming to Juice, he's definitely the one suggesting this to Juice. And he's being like, I want to do it like this, and this is how I want it executed. I want you to write Friedman on the quarters. I want to invoke this powerful feeling, you know? I want people to be confronted with anti-Semitism at this moment. If I'm going to give anybody the chance to do this, I'm going to give it to MJF. Can it fall flat on his face? Can it make people uncomfortable? Yes, possibly, probably, maybe. Let's fucking see. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, Juice got a little bit, you know, uh, I, I, wouldn't, I don't say forgiven, but it's almost like people are not really thinking or talking about it too hard, because that is his gimmick. Regardless of MJF's past, whether that was real or not, or, you know, but it is real in canon, because that's what he's stated multiple times on AEW television, that he's been, you know, assaulted with quarters, because of his, you know, religion. And that was just, you know, that's been Juice's thing. He always be popping people with with rolls of quarters, you know? I love seeing him throw that right hand and quarters go fucking flying everywhere. (laughs) But now it's almost like, ugh, I don't know if I want to, 
They're Say clearly whether. going for the anti-Semitic Jew boy gimmick, though. You don't write Friedman on that shit, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by accident. You got Maxwell, you got MJF, you got Champ. You got a lot of things you can write. <laughs> boy wrote MJF to make him think about when he got called a Jew boy, you know? That's what they're going for. And I'm going to give them a chance to do it. And dude, good fucking luck. and. I'm I'm really happy that MJF went out there and talked about it because people would have come for Juice's head. He's like, "Whoa, <laughs> I swear it wasn't my idea." Yeah, um, but you know, cool stuff. I'm very excited for Full Gear, Jay White, and uh, MJF got some more Dynamite Diamond Ring stuff that's coming out. I think this week or next week or something like that. Um, There's also one more thing I want to say that if you want to consider wrestling an art form that if you ever want to like you know if wrestling is fucking art and if you want it to be a fucking art form you have to not be just afraid to do something at any time i i get that this was a very tough week to do that and that's why this was so fucking powerful and invoking and like what the fuck is going on what the fuck am i watching you know but if it's a fucking art form then you have to be able to do shit like this and then and invoke feelings in people watching it you can't just dance around everything and be afraid to say anything can't just have boring ass segments all the time that don't say anything or else it's just what is it it's just carny shit it's just going to the carnival it's not art you know just watching people do nothing yeah handled with tact and grace and it is something yeah, we can only hope. It's it's at the end of the day. Yeah, you're right. It's like we'll see where they take it. Let's see where the, it pays off. If it's actually going to be worth it, or if it's just going to be swept under the rug again as just yeah. like another. Or it's going to be like a terribly racist WWE <laughs> segment of like many <laughs> many pass. You know, wrestling does not have the best track record with sensitive topics. Yeah, but you know, we are also trying to look uh, for. I mean, not we. I mean, MJF's trying to look for some some help, some friendship in this trying time for him in this trying time of the world. Um, and Adam Cole is nowhere to be found. Are you vibing with the Roderick strong Adam Cole segments that have, you know, been going on the last couple of weeks? I feel like, uh, they're going a little long too many weeks in a row at that same. We like, I lo- I'm so happy that it's off location, you know, and maybe, Adam does need some time to heal up, so that's good. Um, I don't know. Go somewhere else. Be like, oh, we have to go to like a deeper location. You know, just change it up a little bit more. Like, how many weeks on a Wednesday night can you cut grass for? Yeah, you know? or just be at that at Roddy's house and yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm the same way. Where it's like, I honestly thought that it was work. I thought that that, and it still might be, but it does feel like it, work or not, they're taking their fucking time with this thing like they're yeah. making it seem like he's actually injured so it won't yeah. even matter if it's a work or not because it's taking yeah. so fucking long um it has d- been good enough though i think like entertaining enough but i think they could do more you know yeah i do love the acclaimed getting kind of involved there's like that twitter shit that's going on with uh max caster and mjf you know and he's just like all all cute and shy and coy when he's talking about mjf it's Dude, really so funny. funny when he's like i like when he plays hard to get he's like <laughs> yeah he's like you know i've known him forever and like you know he doesn't have many friends but i'm one of them and he's like 
I like when he plays hard to get. I was like, <laughs> dude, it's so funny. Like adding this extra layer into like this whole like low key bromance storyline, high key bromance storyline, where you're like, oh, it's just about MJF and Adam. Oh, now it's about MJ MJF, Adam, and Adam Cole. Now you're just adding Max Caster into it, where it's like a bashful, shy girl, like, <laughs> but it's just Max Caster instead. I fucking love it. It's so silly. Me too. Um, but you know, the main event of Tarp Tuesday was Luchasaurus versus Adam Copeland. We had, uh, you know, Edge, formerly known as his debut match in AEW. Did you fuck with this? Did you like this uh, main event over on Dynamite? This was definitely a match that happened on Tuesday night. What are your thoughts? I mean, you know, I love the Nick Wayne stuff. Um, it is cool to see what they could do with Edge and Adam Copeland, you know, Adam Copeland with, with, with Christian and stuff. I, I, um, but I mean, like, I don't know for like his first debut match. It was very just like, eh, I, I just don't care about him versus Luchasaurus. I thought, it was, I mean, but I did love the, 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 you know, the Christian family just being able to run roughshod over here. And then, you know, he gets saved by Brian Danielson, the smash and stacked spongy neck tag team to save AEW from its terrible ratings and horrible ticket Dude, sales. Dude, Roman kicked them both out of WWE and sent them to AEW is so funny. It's, I mean, we'll see what happens with with this this christian storyline but it's just like i'm almost like let's i mean i hope it happens at full gear so that sooner rather than later because like i don't know they need to do something something cool something big and it's just like it'll definitely happen at full gear dude him versus christian part i think yeah i think the best part about this segment um and it was a wwe reference but it did not bother me at all he's like when he's like you talked last week about how, you know, your little group and how you've seen this before and they betrayed you. But the difference is, I'm not the leader of this group. <laughs> I'm their father. And I was like, dude, so good. Yeah, man. Christian is the... I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm eating my words here. He's the fucking best. He's the he's, best. He's carrying. Carrying this company, carrying the show, and also carrying Adam Copeland through dude, this trying him time. Dead dadding everybody into him becoming their dad is just the best storyline in pro wrestling. Um, but you know, let me just look up these collision results, and then we'll see if we care. So we had uh, Samoa Joe versus Willie Mack. Which number one, I fucking love Willie Mack. I saw this one clip of him showing up and he's just like they're like oh like are you ready for your match with Samoa Joe and he's just like yeah I'm just gonna take my pre-match dump you know make weight before and uh, I'm gonna do this for the hood <laughs> it was just like he's the best though I love Willie Mack uh, what do we have here we have obviously Willie Mack does not win <laughs> um, what else do we have Christopher Daniels versus Juice Robinson Okay. Doesn't matter. Cool. Next. We had uh, the Big Bill Ricky Starks thing. Just another promo. Again, like, I just feel so bad for Ricky Starks because I feel like just just not too long ago, he... I mean, I guess it's because he was feuding with CM Punk. Like, he was on the up and up. He was, like, Mm -hmm. really, really close to, like, breaking that upper mid card and, like, seeing what he can do um, 
at the top of the card. And now it's just like, what the fuck is this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. Kyle Fletcher versus Boulder. Nope. Chris Statlander versus Sky Blue. Okay. And then it says Samoa Joe versus Turbo Floyd. That's weird. Oh, no. Sorry. Keith Lee versus Turbo Floyd. Another one. I thought Keith Lee was like kind of getting over a couple months ago. And now what the fuck's happening? Dude, what, what is here? this card? Who would buy tickets to this? Yeah. Who would see a collision card like this and then go to the next collision that's in their town? Nobody. And that's why it's all tarped off, man. That that picture that Tyreek sent in the group chat, that was fucking sad, dude. That was... It's heartbreaking to see what's going on over there. But let's talk about places where they don't have to tarp off half of the arena. A couple of things that I want to talk about. Also, where's the elite? Where are the EVPs to help their fucking company? Yeah, that's that is the biggest thing about AEW. It's like, it, you know, wrestling isn't fucking rocket science. You know, you have people that the fans love and the fans want to see. And I'm all for, you know, trying to cultivate new talent and bringing eyes to people who have never been on American television before, like Boulder and Kyle Fletcher and Mystico. But like, come on, man. Like, yeah, where's fucking Kenny? Like, like that's what's happening. It's like the the top of the card and no disrespect to Jay White whatsoever. And I, I'm a I'm a Jay White fan. I really like. Uh, the potential and I can see why he was a main event guy over overseas in Japan. But he had to it's get like, made into one and he got yeah. made into one while Kenny Omega was main eventing fucking matches. And that's why it's like you have all these tools, all these big, big players over in AEW and every single time it just feels like, okay, fine. You don't want to put Kenny Omega in the main event. You don't want to put Brian Daniels in the main event. Mox has been saturated with the AW world title for the last like, you know, two years before. But like, those are the people that we want to see. Those are the people yeah. who can actually do this really well. You know? When I went to Dynamite, Mox ridiculously over and came out like four times and the crowd popped like crazy every single time. Came out on Dynamite, maybe twice on Dynamite came out in between shows and came out on Rampage. And every time him and Claudio and Wheeler walking through the crowd and the crowd's like, ah, please let me touch you. You know, it was fucking crazy. People want to see these people. Where the fuck is the elite? Yeah. And what, when you they do gave have him these them... big ass deals, I feel like the I've seen like Hangman three times. Him to say he got a big ass deal, him to fight Swerve, and him to like mess with Swerve. And that's it. Yeah. And I, that's all you know we just want to see the people that we actually like doing cool shit when you have these people on like like as much as i love nick jackson like why is he wrestling single matches fucking weeks in a row at know? least that's something <laughs> i it swear like all like, of the elite on. and and hangman got fucking roman reigns level deals where they barely have to show up and guess what none of them are fucking roman reigns not even Seth Rollins is Roman Reigns. This guy's working every goddamn week. Mm-hmm. LA Knight is working every goddamn week. John Cena is working every goddamn week. Where the fuck are these people? The reason why WWE has sold out shows is because you're going to go to it and you're going to see eight fucking people that you love. You're going to see Jey Uso. You're going to see Gunther. You're going to see... Cody, you're gonna see uh fucking Solo Sokoa, Paul Heyman, you're gonna see Becky, 
You're going to see Charlotte. You're going to see a bunch of people that you like. Stars. Well said, you know, and perfect transition to talk about the season premiere of SmackDown in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I wish I had a Chandler drop for this part of the segment. But John Cena opens up, you know, and immediately interrupted by our tribal chief. Um, I was kind of hoping that this was going to be the match at Crown Jewel to be John Cena versus Roman Reigns. And again, you know, I said it a couple weeks ago, like this is the perfect story for Roman and John Cena to to do it again. Just the fact that they're calling John Cena the greatest of all time over and over again on commentary, announcing him like that. And Roman's got, uh, you know, oh, also, the best part of fucking SmackDown is that the life is back in Paul Heyman. He's Oh, he, my God. Paul Heyman having black hair is fucking hilarious. Dude, he dyed his hair black. He's got a tan. You know, it literally looked like the life was getting sucked out of him last time we saw him. He was it was. Pale. His tribal chief was gone, man. <laughs> Shout out to Paul Heyman. He's Shout so out fucking to Paul good, Heyman. dude. He's so good. Um. But yeah, it was, it was again. Again, I would have loved, and it would have been so easy for them to do Roman Cena to be like, "Here you go, easy on a silver platter, very predictable." But the fact that John Cena was like, "I don't have a problem with you. I didn't earn shit." But this guy, L.A. Knight, has got every single thing that uh, you know the the crowd loves him. People are popping for him. Everybody's saying his his catchphrases and everything. And I really loved. Um, this 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 opportunity that he got to go face face with Roman Reigns. I love the 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 camera shot of Roman Reigns in his fucking glasses, you know? Was was really fucking dope. Dude, um, it was it was so sick. I I really like that LA Knight's going to be his contender at at Crown Jewel. I think a lot of people think too much too soon for LA Knight. They've been saying this since the last thing where it was like, what, a tag match? <laughs> They're like, is this too much too soon? Him tagging with John Cena? No, it's a fucking tag match with John Cena. It's not too much. I got Solo and Jimmy. It's not too much too soon. What are you talking about? And this? No, get it. Do it. Hit Strike while the iron is hot. And there's literally no better time than Crown Jewel. Because look, it's Crown Jewel. Mm-hmm. And then it's Survivor Series. So we can be part of a big five-man match. And then nothing matters until the Royal Rumble. You know? And then he could be part of the Rumble. And then it's the road to WrestleMania, and then you figure it out from there. Now is the perfect time to do the the Roman LA Knight match because I don't think we want LA Knight versus Roman, you know, at WrestleMania. Of course so, not. Yeah. So do but, it now, and then at the Royal Rumble, we get to see who throws LA Knight out, you know. Batista. Oh yeah, that would be easy <laughs> to do to do a WrestleMania match that way for sure. Yeah, that's how um, you do it. And he goes, and I was going to win. Yeah. And until you throw me out. Nah, nah. Some stupid <laughs> shit like that, you know? Come Easy peasy. On. But yeah. And it should, I think a, a returning legend would be fucking great. Or something like that for him. Dude, imagine it's like Randy Orton. If Randy Orton's good, to co- he's about to win. He gets RKO'd out of nowhere <laughs> by evil Viper Randy Orton. Could be something. Could be something. It would be tough, though, because Randy's going to be so fucking over when he comes back oh yeah i don't even know like la and i might get booed after that you know <laughs> if he's fucking feuding but yeah like i said that, that this bloodline story with roman and is so good and taking him off of tv um again it's the same thing like not only la the la nights and the judgment days and of everybody like you're letting also jimmy and jay fucking cook and again like be a like elevating them to become a bigger part 
of this story, which all of us thought that, you know, they don't know what they're doing. It's fucking cold, but it's like, they're fucking 3D booking us in this corner because if Roman was here this whole time and like, again, let's just like the Jimmy Uso of it all, him just saying like, I'm calling audibles. I'm, you know, calling the plays on the fly. Like I'm doing all that shit. And he's just like, you're on my couch drinking my water you know get the fuck out of my face it's dude, just like it's so, it's funny, so good um, i'm really glad you can't keep a storyline going if it's going to be three years long you know you can't keep a storyline going at 80 to 100 the whole time mm-hmm. i bet in you know stone cold's career it wasn't like that the whole fucking time you got to bring it down to 30 especially you've got a little faction going you bring it back take roman off the screen you build up some other people you give them some time to cook you know now we have wannabe tribal chief jimmy and um again in canon roman just saying you know how disrespectful it is to have jay uso and cody rhodes on his show with those titles it's again it it all just fell into place and it's like nobody saw this coming everyone's like oh like what are they gonna do with this and like whatever like everybody had kind of an idea but the way it's playing out is just chef's kiss man um also cody rhodes and jay uso defended their titles also on uh smackdown i love the team of austin theory and grayson waller i don't Me know about too. you they're so cute i think yeah. it's such a little good <laughs> it's such a good duo i like uh, uh austin theory like one of the best bodies in the biz today <laughs> bar none is just flexing under that spotlight exposing muscles that i didn't know existed and then grayson waller just pops up like in between one of his muscles and i'm like ah that's so fun they're such bros (laughs) and it's like you know grayson waller is such a good shit talker love seeing him on the waller effect and and, you know all i hear on podcasts is how austin theory is the nicest guy like i can't believe he's like a heel and whatever and like this is great. And like, you know, like they're, they're entertaining. And if they actually get over and people start to care about the two of them as a tag team, you fucking turn Grayson Waller on Austin theory. Easy, easy feud gets people to care way more about Austin theory than with that. Damn, fucking... You think you can make Austin a baby face? I guess you can. He was pretty likable in the way he could be. I, I mean, yeah. I, 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 there's, there's a lot of things that I had doubts about, but they're fucking, if that's what mm-hmm. they choose to do, I have complete faith in it. Um, I really like Stockholm Syndrome, um, Austin Theory. So I guess it is possible. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, um, it was so it? funny. So another thing, I mean, I don't even know how it took us this long an hour to talk about this, but Triple H comes out, big announcement, Tony Khan, like you know, but it actually matters. So you know, he puts over Adam Pierce. You know, he's been a great, you know management partner of the of the the company he's getting a promotion blah 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 so bringing up survivor series it looks like they're shaping up to do a possible team raw versus team smackdown so adam pierce gets put over to monday night raw and we had the debut of the brand new general manager of friday night smackdown in fucking nick aldis what was your reaction when you saw him just fucking pop out of the side you know I was like really I thought that was underwhelming. I'm surprised they didn't do uh music and an entrance, you know, but then like dude, when you look like that in a suit, that man is buff. That is a big <laughs> big man. I was like, "Oh, man, he is like 
porn star buff, you know? It's like he's like scary looking. I'm like, you have to stay away from my valet. You I'll bring a gun out on you, my friend. You you stay, you stay back, back at Nick Aldis. <laughs> That's also a thing that I liked about it, you know. I I don't know much about him, but all I know is that he was really big in NWA power, you know, mm-hmm. shout out to, you know, Eli Drake, LA Knight, Ricky That's Starks. fucking Billy Corgan's guy. He's like yeah. Billy Corgan's guy. And he was like, you know, everybody had thought for the last decade, whether he was an impact or, you know, over in NWA power, they're like, this guy's going to get signed eventually. Like, nobody's worried about him. They know that he can work and he's really good. But like, when is he going to get over to WWE? And it just never happened. You know, very Carlito like, you know, where it's just like, eh, you know, it's just not in the cars. But him showing up here and just immediately throwing his fucking weight around and just showing that he can be uh just like he he, he's got stuff to do like literally the first segment number one love that they put him together with dirty dom dirty dom and triple h and fucking nick all this was it's i i am the biggest dominic mysterio mark we know i'm a big fan of your dad was fuego (laughs) so good and uh you know even like after that you know he brings out it has finally paid off the trade of the cinch, some would say. You know, Jey Uso got traded to Monday Night Raw, and we get Kevin Owens back on Friday Night SmackDown. You know, your face is a little scrunched up. You don't really... It looks like you, think you, you weren't the about trade this? Of, you think it's the trade of the cinch? Hey, man, last week I said it was going to be fucking Nia Jax, so I think this is okay. pretty good. You know? No, look, I support it. I don't think it's the trade of the cinch. I think it's good insofar as you want to keep Kevin Owens a babyface until he power bombs the living shit out of Sami Zayn. But it's like, I don't know how we're going to get there now. The, the WrestleMania storyline is Kevin versus Sami. Um, but I guess they just have more babyface things to do with Kevin. You know? Well, I mean, immediately what I thought in my head is if they do a Team Raw versus Team SmackDown type beat, easy. You put them on opposite sides. You have fucking Roman and and Jimmy Uso and Solo and Kevin Owens have to team up against Sami Zayn, Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes and whoever else they want to throw together in that. Dude. Um and again it's like now Kevin part of the bloodline, honorary Us Kevin <laughs> Owens. <laughs> no, but that could be really fucking like especially like if you have these They've done such a good job to interweave so many different stories. So if you put baby faces and heels together on the same team now where it actually matters, because, you know, before when they would do that on Survivor Series, it would just be like they just forget about all their history. And then it's all about, quote unquote, brand supremacy. But like, who gives a fuck? But now I feel like they'll be able to tell those stories just on the apron, you know, and just like in between tags of just yeah. like or who gets eliminated first or like who you know whatever it is like I, I i'm excited for all that stuff when they brought dirty dom out there i thought it was going to be damian priest getting traded for a second i thought it was going to be a judgment day member i thought it was going to be Rhea also at the end but then i, I, I was like that makes could, no sense yeah, I, was like, I, I thought Rhea would be the biggest person to do it but then she has a title so it just couldn't happen but you know, Nick Aldis, again, doing some really great stuff backstage with Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. Um, you know, he also, again, it's really, really great that he's able to just, like, in canon, make giant decisions for this TV show on the quote-unquote season premiere. Because, again, you know, you have Charlotte, and he's just like, hey, I saw what happened, and you deserve a match. And she's like, thanks. Easy. Love to see that. And you get Charlotte Flair face-to-face with Jade Cargill for the first time. Did you pop? 
very, very cool. You know, they look great across from each other. And I love Charlotte being cocky, you know, not going to last too long. That's Jade Cargill, baby. Good luck, Charlotte. And, you know, so we had Jade Cargill show up, uh, you know, at Fastlane. She wasn't on Monday Night Raw last week. She was on NXT SmackDown. I think she's probably going to show up on the quote unquote season premiere of Raw tomorrow. So I'm very curious to see where she ends up. Do you have a preference of where do you think that she would fit the best if they're going to just put her on TV sooner rather than later? Jade, right now she should be across from like the bigger stars. So put her on SmackDown. But they need a shakeup for the women's division. It's too heavily leaned on on SmackDown, in my opinion. Like, everybody's on SmackDown except for Rhea. Well, let's talk about that. Because, you know, last week you were talking about how the SmackDown women's division is very stacked. And there's a bunch of not really established or not stars on Monday Night Raw. But I feel like this last episode from last Monday, like, they really tried to kind of just, like pump in some more stars and include people with more stories you know there is the Nia Jax and Raquel's in there you know they have the Tegan story which I'm actually like low-key sort of about because like that match with Becky was pretty good they gave it a lot of time and her to do something and get people to know uh, Tegan Knox. and I feel like through that you know going toe-to-toe with Becky really put over Tegan Knox. you know no absolutely they're building up wrestlers um and stories in the women's division on raw but they don't have stars yet this is how you make stars but they just aren't you know stars yet that's all i'm saying about raw you know the only star is Rhea. naya is a star i guess begrudgingly Mm, i say that i say that begrudgingly but she is you know she made becky she's multi-time uh, you know, tag and women's champion. Mm-hmm. You know, she comes in. Everybody has a reaction, good or bad, mostly bad, but it's a reaction. You know, not everybody has a fucking reaction for Tegan. You know, the girl with the shiniest wizard. Yeah, the NXT marks lover. You know, super indie marks lover. But come on, you know. But you know, Bailey star, Charlotte star, Asuka star, Bianca star. Who else is on SmackDown? That's just off the top of my head. I mean, More that's still stars. pretty stacked already. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a Are great you women's tell me division. that Raquel's a star? They're trying to convince me she's a star. Not but there yet. If yeah. all you can do is flex your back and speak Spanglish, you're not a fucking star. All right? Get a new gimmick, Raquel. <laughs> Maybe they'll throw in the LWO. Shout out to Carlito. It's Stop nice. this. You can't just throw every <laughs> Latina and Latino to the LWO and think it's good. Like that fucking jabroni with the hat. I'm so happy you finally saw the hat. Side note, I don't know if you picked this up. I'm pretty sure, I don't know if they're getting written out, but I think they might be getting replaced with Dragon Lee and Carlito. Dude. They they were not there. (laughs) That is such a good idea. Also, I'm pretty sure that Joaquin Wild is not Latino, so... Not that there's anything wrong with that. Oh, is he Filipino? I'm pretty sure he's like half Filipino, half like French or something. No fucking way. I'm like 90% sure. No If not, like 100%. I remember listening to an Art of Wrestling episode with him and he was like Sima Ion back in the day. Uh And that was like, I'm pretty sure he said, yeah, he's like half Filipino, half white. You know, whatever that is to you. His name is Michael Paris. Well, sounds French to me, you know? DJ Zima, yeah. That is very interesting, you know? Well, um, 
one of the only other things from Raw that I want to talk about before we get out of here is, you know, the the World Heavyweight Championship title picture. You know, Seth comes out in an amazing outfit, you know, selling his back, saying that, you know, the adrenaline is what's keeping him going, even though he had a crazy match where he should have lost kayfabe wise by all the, you know, like he wasn't taped up and wasn't selling it. But, you know, we had Drew McIntyre that we've been predicting for the last couple of weeks to come out to try and challenge him. And then we had the good guy, Drew, where he's like, I want you to get as close to 100% so I can face you at your best. But then later on the night, you have him in the background. I don't know if you saw like him like getting buddy buddy talking to Rhea in the back. So it's like, Drew? Yeah, did you, you catch mm. that? No, I didn't. It was She said something like, oh, let me go handle this. And then you mm. see like in the middle of a, I don't know, Alpha Academy promo or something that they like they're in the back like talking or something so he's not gonna join the judgment day so do you think at crown jewel drew mcintyre will win the world heavyweight title no okay fair um but here's what i will say i love the gimmick of drew mcintyre not helping people out i think it's amazing the fact that people try to be like that's like the announcers and stuff and people backstage try to say that's like him being a bad guy. And even Seth came up to him later on and tried to be like, you're such an asshole. You try to act good, but you didn't even come help me. That's his fucking job. Fuck you, dude. I was like, he's totally, he's like, look, I'm just staying in my own lane right now. Things have been really crazy. So I'm just, he was totally honest with you about exactly how he was going to be acting moving forward. You don't get to like start, like Seth also like attacked that heel first. I can't remember who it was. He's being totally fucking righteous. He's not doing anything wrong. Not his job to run out from fucking backstage and help you out and hit his music and bring a fucking sword. Drew is a fucking baby face in my opinion. They're going to make him a heel out of this. This guy's a fucking baby face. Yeah, that's true. Like those are facts where he's just like, I'm done trying to be the good guy and getting involved. And it's like, yeah, if if, if that's what anybody else would do, mind your own business, you know? Yeah. Not going to get involved. And um, then and Seth was like, totally cool, man. I really respect you. You got your match. And then he does that, and Seth's like, you're such an asshole. Like, what are you talking about, dude? I was like, Seth's being a dick. <laughs> so, you know, you don't think that he's going over, but they are seemingly, you know, planting the seeds and heating up Damian Priest. Do you think that a cash-in is going to happen in the near future, or even at Crown Jewel? It'll happen at Survivor Series when CM Punk comes in to help the cash-in happen. CM Punk, king of the cash-ins, king of Chicago, helps the Judgment Day, and it'll be the final fuck you to Edge. <laughs> uh, speaking of CM Punk, did you see Shinsuke Nakamura hitting a fucking GTS on Ricochet? Yeah. Dude, there's so many fucking references to Punk. I don't think it's just negging. But also, shit, that could be a reference to Kenta. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would actually be kind of cool if they brought in, instead of CM Punk in Chicago, they just brought up fucking Kenta. If they bring in Kenta instead, I will pop so hard. It would be the <laughs> funniest thing they could do. But that who who does that pop the most? The Elite? <laughs> of course. But also, I feel like the Chicago crowd will go bananas to see any gts even if it is kenta but like yeah that's the thing where that's it's a like g2s <laughs> you're right g2s tm 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 you know it's like but r uh yeah i think that no matter what we can close it out on this if you would like you know that cm punk will be showing up at survivor series because 
the fans, no matter what, the leaks being reported, yes or no, true or false, they're going to be chanting up a storm. CM Punk, because they didn't get CM Punk in Chicago, you know, a, yeah. a month ago. Yeah. So, like, these fans are going to be showing up there screaming this guy's fucking name. They got the freaking the L train for the, for the promo, just like All Out. You know, it's just, like, the same graphic. So, like, why would you not? Like, that would set the tone. If Survivor Series goes on air, the CM Punk chants are all ringing out throughout the arena, and then it just cult of personality, people will lose their fucking minds, and that show is going to be phenomenal. I know. I wonder if they, you know, just you bringing up the CM Punk chance, right? We haven't gotten CM Punk chance in WWE pretty much since uh, he came to AEW and then like a little bit before, right? They mm-hmm. finally got rid of CM Punk chance. If they bring back CM Punk and then lose him again, which they will, because either he'll retire or he'll get fired. How many more years until we get rid of CM Punk chance? um i think it's different now i think that you know the wrestling fan is more mature and i feel like at the as in like the marks who were chanting all this stuff seven years ago are still watching and still going to their show so they're seven years a little bit older that they that they're a little bit more nuanced in terms of like hey let's not hijack the show because also number one the show is fucking good like we like wwe now yeah you know also, they were doing that because from, it, was, it was yeah. dog shit. Because the yeah, booking and they was also bad. wanted AEW. Essentially, they wanted yeah. a show that was like AEW, and now they have AEW. That itch is scratched. They're like, I want a more professional wrestling show, and I want a sports entertainment show. And now they have both. So that that's true. That's very yeah. true. But you know, I think that's a good a time as any. Is there anything else in this week of pro wrestling that you want to discuss before we get out of here? The best story in pro wrestling is Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. Jey Uso is the future of the business, future world champion. I love Jey Uso. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. And also, like, Tony Khan, take some fucking notes. And because, like, this should be, like, the gold, like, this is more of a golden lover story, I feel like, than the actual golden lovers. You know, there's, like, a Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, tension between Cody and Jey, like, what's going to happen? Like, even in the back of my mind, my, like, my Mark brain is saying, like, Jay Uso was going to fucking super kick Cody Rhodes and go back to Roman Reigns. But I, you know, it's not not exactly going to happen that way, but like I can't shake this feeling nah. that like something's going to fucking happen, you know? Nah, that's too nah, dude. I we need this they've created a new singles wrestler. It's too stupid for Jay as an individual not as a wrestler and as the company where you need to create new stars. When he goes up there and waves his arm, everybody's doing it. Like they've created a new single star named Main Event Jey Uso. You know, they're gonna they're gonna ride that as far as they can. There's no need to bring him back into the bloodline. He's free, <laughs> and they're gonna milk that for one, two, three years as much as years? they can. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, dude. He can go back. To the bloodline, he can go back to just being with Jimmy Uso whenever he needs to. He's a singles wrestler now. He fucking did it. He yeah. did what like no other twin can do. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Is that you know it's like he was the best. He, him, and Jimmy could have been. You can argue best tag team of all time. And Easily, 
he's getting the fucking run of his life. So yeah. shout out, shout out to main event Jay fucking Uso. Do you want to get out of here? Let's get out of here. All right. So you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube Shorts, Fiber Foodie, Best Food Foodies. What about you, sir? I have no personal plugs, but you can follow the both of us at Illegal Tactics Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. We're making some memes, making fun of dead dads with Christian Cage, our buddy, our friend, friend of the show. Uh, and if you like some good art, some cool art, some savage, sexy, bloody, gory art, you can follow at kitten.puke on Instagram. You can see what I got a tattoo of. It ain't so bad, baby. And uh, it's pretty <laughs> fucking awesome. Ain't so bad, baby. Go check it out at kitten.puke. Absolutely. Go check that out. And thank you, as always, to everyone who likes, subscribes, listens to us, and who have been telling their friends and their family members to check us out. We appreciate every single one of you all around the world. Who do we love the most, Kevin? We're the top people that we love. Dude, shout out (laughs) Kansas. Shout out Kenya. Shout out Germany. Y'all holding it down. Yes, we love you all. Shout out Ohio. Good looks, Hamilton, Ohio. (laughs) All right. So we'll catch you on the next one. Go watch some wrestling, and we will see you next week. New logo coming soon. Peace out, buddy.